I don't think as adults we dream enough. Like we might have a little idea of what we want to do, but the very first thing that I do with my clients is, okay, you're going to create a vision board. And if you had, if you hate vision boards, then you're going to, you're going to write it out. You're not going to do it on the computer. There's something about writing it out yep. and really feeling that That's connection true. and and just dream. Hey, everybody, this is Anthony for a new episode of your Boris podcast. Today, my guest is Dr. Clarissa Castillo Ramsey. Clarissa is a multi-passion entrepreneur, including a life and leadership coach, a practicing abstract artist, an organizational psychologist and an author. Clarissa is an artist since the age of five, and we can trace back in time when she was a child her love for coaching because people were coming to her as a friend to receive advice and counseling, and she really loved that. And from that point, the rest is history. I think Clarissa and I have a very common um, story and uh, love for helping people, so you will see some common aspect in terms of coaching because we really want to help people go for what they want in life, for their true love, their true passion, and this will be the episode to not miss to really get a sense of what's my path in life. What do I want to do and how can I discover that? So, Clarissa, I'm very glad to have you on the show. Thank you for being here today. Oh, my gosh. It's my pleasure, Anthony. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so let's go back in time. So you, I already mentioned in the introduction, but I think it's very unique that as a little girl, you were already prone to helping people because usually kids, maybe they're more... Uh, they can have friends, but they're not maybe so uh, on the outward to go and I'm going to help you and solve problems or listen to your emotions. So maybe let's go back when you were little and how this inner feeling started, if you can remember. Yeah. So I just remember at a very young age, always gravitating to the kids that honestly were kind of on the outside. So mm -hmm. maybe they were like the new kids in school. Maybe they were shy like me. I was actually really a shy child. And I noticed these things. And also, I know you can't see, necessarily see me if you're listening to this, but I'm Filipino. And my parents came to America, they're doctors, and they wanted to start a new life. And what I noticed at a very young age was, hmm, I'm the only brown person around mm -hmm. here. So I already felt a little bit like an outsider. And so I would see this with other children who were maybe from also from immigrant parents. And I just naturally would go up to them and befriend them and just really wanted people to feel warm and welcome and seen. Mm -hmm. And that has just stayed with me throughout my whole life. Got it. And uh, was it difficult for you to, so you were going to the people, but then how was the reaction? Because I would assume not all of them were maybe so open from the beginning, or you can tell me the opposite and everybody was very welcoming of your love and wanting to support them. You know, it's interesting because what I remember was just people feeling appreciated mm. that somebody took the time to come out and, and talk with them and make them feel welcome. And especially for like the new kids, I just think, you know, children can be mean Kids yeah, can, can be so mean. And <laughs> so just from what I remember growing up, for the most part, people people were pretty receptive. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so let's fast forward a bit and see maybe in high school, 
did you know already what you wanted to do uh, for your career? Or there was maybe some definite change in your personality or in your interests from teenage years to early 20s uh, to lead you where you are today right now? You know, that's such a great question. And so for me, when I was a really little child, like you said in my intro, I loved art. Like mm -hmm. I, that was my that was my passion. But I also remember having a conversation with my mother and she said, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, oh, I want to be an artist because she and she bought me all my art supplies. She bought me all of these things. And she also said, oh, you know what? You'll be you'll be rich and famous after you after you die, like Pablo Picasso. So maybe maybe you should think After about doing. Hmm. <laughs> I know that's not cool. I know she was like, maybe you should think about doing something else, and you can kind of do that on the side. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, I mean, as a as a little kid, I didn't. I felt sad. I felt like, oh, maybe I just don't really know what's best for me. Yeah. When you know, as an adult, I can look back at that and and understand that my mom was just trying to help me. And with her, go beliefs, the with her, her beliefs. beliefs. Yeah. yeah, and go the practical route. And it wasn't until I was an adult that I found out she wanted to be an entrepreneur. She wanted to be a businesswoman. Mm. But her father, my grandpa, said, nope, you can only be a doctor or a lawyer. Those are your choices. That's it for really? you. Yes. And so she wow. chose the doctor path. Mm. And so I can see now how she was also you know, passing down the practicality yeah. down to me. She didn't, there's no artist really in my family who she could identify with. And so, so I always have that, had the love for art and I kind of kept up with it in, in high school. And I wanted, I knew I wanted to do something creative, something with my art. And I, and I still had this curiosity and love for just helping people. So those things never really left. Mm -hmm. But at the same time in high school, I just had like no self-confidence. Um, you know, I was the... Why is that? I just felt like I think I think I was so busy trying to be the good student, the mm -hmm. good daughter, the good Catholic, the good you know, just trying to be perfect in the eyes yeah. of other people, in the eyes of not only my, yes, not only my mom and dad and my mom and dad were well-known doctors in our community. Mm -hmm. I wanted, you know, I wanted to just make them proud and make them look good. And same with all of the other aunties and uncles that were in our community, the, the teachers and priests, everybody. I just wanted to, 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 Put on nice. a good face, be nice. Yeah. yeah. And I just, and I feel like I was also losing, like, who, who am I? I have these two interests that I, that I've carried on, but, but really what's, can I make a living off of that? So I had, you know, as a teenager, you have these doubts, you have, um, you wonder about life and how's it going to be? So I definitely had all of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, I would say like for you, for your self-confidence, that's a, a principle for people listening. When you try to please everybody else and the authorities outside of you, you will start to resent yourself because you don't know who you are. So it will be very difficult to accept 
and love who you are as you are, trying to go in all directions and split yourself in like 20% there, 50% there, 5% there. It's very confusing for the mind to act like this. And, you know, I'm naturally more a people pleaser. I think now it's getting better. I'm 30 years old, but my early 20s, even teenage years, go back in high school, I was the friend of everybody. But I cannot say I had like an amazing personality. Just I wanted to be liked. Yes. And I think the word like is very, like there's something cringy about it. I just want to be liked. It's like, you're a bit fake. You don't know who you are. So I had to go through this same process of like, hmm, who am I? And it took me many years to realize that. So at what point did you say that's enough? I'm not going to please priest, mom, father, friends, and just I'm going to please Clarissa. And this is who I am. When was that? Oh, boy, Anthony, long time, long time. Uh, and I still feel like it's a still unfolding. Mm -hmm. Even I just turned 50 this year. It's still unfolding as yeah. I get older. But for me, I think when I, when did I really shift? That's a good question. I'm just going to take a minute to really think about that <laughs> one. Good question. Good yeah. question. And maybe I'll do it in, in, in by the decades. How about that? So, Let's go. so going into chapter. my 20s, yeah, going into these chapters. So going, going to college, again, still people pleasing, like you said, wanted to make my parents proud. And they, the night, the great thing is they never forced us to go into medicine. I think with my mom, just and my dad realizing how stressful it is, they both gave they both gave me, my brother, my sister, the same advice. Do not go into medicine to make money. Do not go into it thinking, I'm just gonna become rich. Do it only if you really truly want to help people and help mm. them get better. That's it. Don't do it for the money. And so I can't stand the sight of blood. I couldn't. Yeah. So that was like off the table for me. And so they also said, well, why don't you go into business? That's very pra you know, practical route. And, and so, so I thought, okay, but what I really wanted to do was also take a lot of art classes. And I did not, I didn't do it. I went to business school, but I thought, okay, if I go to business school, what can I do that, that is in alignment with me? Mm -hmm. And so I said, let me, let me major in marketing. That's creative. Let me major in human resource management. That has to do with people. So at least I had the wherewithal to, to go down that route. And mm -hmm. that is how it connected to me. But what I found in business school, I felt, I felt like an imposter in a lot of the classes especially the finance classes that were so challenging for me and just so not, not my strong suit. The lying to you are, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and the class that I loved the most, there was one class that I really, really loved and it was organizational behavior. And that field was a newer field in HR back in the, back in that time. Cause that was like mm -hmm. in the early nineties. Yeah. I loved my teacher. I loved the content, but still that self-confidence, I didn't really have it so much. And when I graduated like that, I, I thought oh, I would really love to find a job in organizational behavior, but I just thought 
there's definitely not jobs like that mm -hmm. for me, a college, you know, a college grad. So uh, my journey with, with going down the career path was I took the first job that I had was in retail and you know, I do believe whatever, whatever position we have, we learn, there's always something to take from it. There's always something to take from it. You, you learn what you, what you love. Mm -hmm. You also learn what you hate um, and, or don't really like and don't want to repeat. And so the lessons from, from my first job were I learned how to uh, work with people. I learned about team, really learned about team dynamics, really learned about what it takes to, to, work, have a work ethic. Cause that yeah. was new for me. That was uh -huh. really new for me. I didn't, you know, work throughout college. I was lucky to just focus on studies. And so I had that career for a little bit and then I'll fast forward a little bit because I have been working for a long time. But after so many years in the retail space, I thought this is, you know, this is not it for me. Mm -hmm. I have got to pivot and do something that's more in alignment for me. So, and I, and I was living in Boston, Massachusetts at that time. So I went, I went across the States, the U S and ended up in California. My best friend was out here. My brother was out here and I moved out here with my boyfriend at the time. And mm -hmm. I thought, I'm just going to start fresh. I want to get into some kind of, some kind of artistic profession. And so I ended up going back to school for graphic design. Okay. Yeah. And so that is, that's when I started to really explore the creative side. Yeah. And I thought this will be a great, this will be a great way for me to leverage those talents. So I went to school. Eventually I got a job doing graphic design and I loved it. The company was great. I loved it. And I was having so much fun. And then guess what happened, Anthony, after about six years? You got bored? Yes. And it was time for me to pivot again. And so with each pivot, with each job, eventually I got to where, where I am today. And I'll just share the last kind of segment of my, of my career. So I ended up, guess what, going back to school again for mm -hmm. organizational psychology because after the after the graphic design piece what i noticed and what i was starting to get more interested in was just again about okay i'm done with the creative side i kind of want to go back to this exploring the human side of work of the organization and so i went back to school remember my love for organizational behavior all those years yeah. ago in my undergrad mm -hmm. so i went back and i got my doctorate in organizational psychology and my dream job was to be an internal coach at an organization, a professional development coach, working with people, helping them develop. And so I finally did that. And so I finally got my dream job. I had so much fun, Anthony. I was working in the healthcare space, working with leaders, uh, budding leaders, aspiring leaders. And then, but here's the other piece that I didn't say earlier. I always knew at some point I wanted to work for myself as a coach, as a consultant. I wanted yeah. to do my art. And so after so many years, again, that, that feeling came back, that voice inside my head mm -hmm. said, go, okay, Clarissa, is it time now? Is it time now? Are you going to leave now? <laughs> what, what is it going to be? And then 
in 2018, I decided to, that's when I was really feeling again, this toss turn, like, okay, yeah. what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? And I decided to write a book and it was called Painting Your Path. And it was, I really wanted to interview women who in their forties, because by then I was in my forties, mm -hmm. just women who decided, you know what? I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to live for me, design a life for me. So I interviewed all these amazing women with, with the desire for me to kind of see, okay, is there, is what are the success factors? What are, you know, what is it that, that really nudged them? Maybe that'll help me too. So mm -hmm. that's really, you know, was another turning point for me. And then I published the book finally, right at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. And so again, like self-published through uh -huh. Amazon. And so in 2020, like most people, I think it was just you're forced to pause and yeah. really take a look at your life. And so that's when I, I hired my, I hired a coach and I said, okay, enough is enough. Let's move on. And mm -hmm. so finally in 2021 last year is when I said, it's time to move on. It's time for me to be brave, step out and coach on my own. Yeah. And that's so how have, I got here. That's amazing. And I'm thinking all this, all these steps to get where you are today. And so recently you, you had the courage to actually go for it. When you first decided to be on your own, what was the, the scariest thing? Is it like you didn't have any stable income or you could still have the money from somewhere else? And is it lead generation? Was it like nobody knows you, the marketing? Like what was the scariest thing at the beginning and compared to now maybe uh, a year later? Yeah, great question. I think the, the scariest thing for me <clears throat> and why it took so long was I was so comfortable. I was so comfortable where I was. I was making yeah. ex excellent money, excellent benefits, <laughs> you know, six figures, yeah. not living paycheck to paycheck. And it took me a while to get to that point. And so honestly, for me, it was, it was that I had no idea about lead generation, marketing, sales, promotion. And I was so focused on that, the money. Yeah. And at the same time, I knew that I had to do something different if I wanted to 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 take the steps and so that's why i decided to to invest in myself in a coach mm -hmm. invest in somebody who has been there and who can give me all the, the business pieces that i had no idea about i had no really clue about offering pricing who's my client and all of that stuff yeah yeah and it's so it's so different now i think really what really helped me was my coach saying, okay, here's your first assignment, write your resignation letter and date it. And Ooh, we're sticking wow. to that. <laughs> we're sticking Amazing. to that. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so that really, you know, forced me to. So deadlines, to, you believe in deadlines. Serious. Yeah. Yeah. And move toward that goal. And the real, and I, I had money saved up and I had, there were definitely you know, accounts that I could tap into. I knew that on day one, when I left my job, I wouldn't be out on the streets or anything mm -hmm. like that. 
So, but it was still the, just the idea of, of losing the stable income and the benefits and the bonuses that came along with the nine to five. Yeah. So for people who are in, on the verge of transitioning and maybe they are still employees right now, they have good, uh, five to six figures income. They're comfortable. As you said, they have something, but they don't have everything, which is from Grant Cardone. He's saying you have nothing, something or everything. And something is the most dangerous place because you don't have the same drive as the hustler who has nothing, nothing to lose and nothing to his name. So he has everything to make happen. Um, so you are in a something situation. Yes. Yeah. It was, mm -hmm. uh, so I can imagine for people who are in your situation, exactly like, like you were a year ago, how do you figure out what do you want to do really? Do you have any questions to help them clarify their, their path? Is there like to their, for their vision, their purpose? Is it a long-term process or do you think it can be found quite fast if you just go within? Yeah, I think, I think it truly can happen quicker than we like to think. Mm -hmm. Like you said, and the, and the major thing is to get quiet and go within. And I think there are, I think most people, maybe not a hundred percent, but I do believe that so many people have an idea, have, have this inner calling, this voice that they have of do, Hey, you lo really love baking. Why don't you try and do something with that? Hey, everybody compliments you on, on how you put events together. Hmm. Maybe there's something there. And so one so a couple of questions that that i use with my clients are you know okay what are you passionate about most people that i work with are creative so there mm -hmm. that passion is there that's obvious <laughs> that passion is there and so what are you passionate about what are you doing that you can lose hours and just you know Flow maybe state. you let yeah and and just you lose time because you're just so into whatever you're doing. And for people who are, are stumped, for people who are like, I really don't know, I would say, think, okay, uh, can you notice what do other people ask of you? What, what are who you're the go to mm -hmm. person for something? And if you're still not sure, then ask, ask your family ask your friends, your colleagues, Hey, what do you see that I'm really good at? Maybe I'm just so blind to it because I yeah. think a lot of times people, people are in, in their strengths. I think sometimes assume, Oh, because I'm good at this. Everybody is good at this when that is so not the case, no. not the case. And I remember going back to my corporate days, having a conversation with a manager who was having a hard time with her team. And it's so funny because she said to me, I don't know, Clarissa, I tell them what to do, but they just don't do it. And then I said, hmm, how about this? Why don't you ask them, hey, how's it going? What's really working here? And what do you need help with? Why don't you get some of their input? Why don't you try that out? Will you try it out? Oh, that's a really good idea. And I'm not trying to make fun of this person, but it's just... To me, that is so obvious that you, you want to engage in your team, 
But to this person at that particular time, no clue. She just felt like she had to be the hammer yeah, and dictate. This is what you do. Do this. Do this. Do this. Do this. So, yeah, I think we we often take for granted our skills. Mm. So ask. Ask your close circle and, and ask people who you know are going to tell you the truth. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's very interesting. I, I think the same in terms of people will have maybe one to three real big strength that you can monetize but they would say oh maybe it's not so special but actually if you go in society and you look at people you cannot be excellent at everything it's no. really really rare like even you see multi-passion i can say i'm a multi-potentialite i like many things but at the same time does it mean i'm going to market myself as like life coach business coach uh athlete coach uh, dating coach choose something to get known. Mm -hmm. And of course, it doesn't mean you cannot always in the future expand if you have already success with one thing. But I think it's very wise that you decide also to hire a business coach for yourself to establish who is my uh, client avatar, what is my market, and to be sure that you're not going in a direction just in a blinded way, like, just, oh, I'm going to go this way and let's see how it goes. This is very dangerous. It can be custom yes. time and money. Absolutely. And I, and I think, yeah, and I think, and I was just talking about this yesterday, I had a masterclass. And, and I know that, that people sometimes will, and I did this too. It's like, okay, let me try this. Oh, it didn't work. Let me try this. That didn't work. And, and you just keep, you keep changing. And then it's like, you're starting from zero again, you're starting from the ground versus, okay, let me try this. Now let me pause. I did my launch or whatever it was. I did my class. Now let me pause and reflect and do a debrief. Okay, this worked really well. Hmm, what can I, oh, maybe I can change this next time. And st sticking with it and just making those slight shifts. And I think you'll begin to, that's for me, that's how things have been, been um, able to compound and grow is just by, doing that reflection piece yeah little parts by little parts are you yeah. the kind of person who likes to write in a journal like every morning or every night like how was your day what worked what didn't work uh, i highly suggest that and i'm curious if you yes. have the same habit yes anthony such a great question and and i will say i will say this i have been inconsistent mm -hmm. um but it's it is something that I that I do in the morning. In fact, before I came on with you, I journaled. I journaled. Yeah. I journaled. I journaled just to also help me just process, mm -hmm. so that I could come here more with a clear mind. And I do think, and I used to. So I had this. I had this journal. It was a. It was a. No, I had a planner. It was a great planner. It was by Brendan Bouchard. And what I liked about this planner in particular is that there were there were questions that you did in the morning questions that you did in the evening and it was really a great way for you to yeah let me just do a little reflection on the day hmm how did i use my time hmm yeah. what could i what could i what did i learn about myself today yeah and i think um that's really powerful would you would you recommend okay so for people who are just used to watch Netflix three hours before bed and they don't create this kind of temple sacred time for themselves. 
how to just get started if you don't have any background? You know what? I would say, so that's another great question. So if people are like binge watching at night and maybe they're binge watching three, like three episodes, maybe slowly cut it down because mm -hmm. I get it's, I think it's, it's too, too big of a gap to go from all this watching to zero watching. Yeah, yeah. So just, you know, I'm really all about taking steps, taking gradual steps and be willing to make the change. So maybe making the change is too, is too much. But if you can ask yourself, am I willing to, to try something new with my evening routine? And so maybe you just start cutting down on your Netflix and then maybe you just do a little reflection. It doesn't need to be for three hours. It doesn't need to be for an hour. And you could just ask your, yourself a simple question what did I, what did I enjoy about today? Or what am I grateful for today? Mm. And just to, to start to get into that space, especially before you go to sleep, I think the time before you sleep and the moments that you wake up are the two critical moments yes. of the, of your day. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's uh, I really like to do my morning gratitude so usually 15 minutes sometimes you know sometimes i write it down and sometimes i prefer to just close my eyes and be in meditation so i like to alternate how i feel because mm -hmm. i'm not always like willing to open my computer and write so just okay i'm gonna breathe in breathe out and think about what i love my my family my job and everything the nature around me and usually what i feel is that no matter the the conflicts of the day before if you if you wake up in a in a hurry or you're already in anxiety from waking up you know i'm not perfect nobody's perfect but you still have like oh i'm gonna open my phone and see right away when i first thing in the morning i wake up and i look at my email you instantly create a sense of reaction instead of allowing your body to just be for a while let's say mm -hmm. 30 minutes to an hour and you know even some days i'm i'm still looking at my phone but some days i'm not because i'm aware okay Anthony, if you feel this lingering anxiety in the background, wait a second, why having to go answer six messenger messages right now instead of having the meditation, the breathing, maybe going on the balcony, maybe just stretching a bit, doing yoga or whatever. And then, huh, I took care of myself. Therefore, I can take care of others. I, I filled up my battery and now I can give back. Yes. Yes, that is so important. So important. And for those who maybe are new to meditation, there are so many apps that are out there. And the one that I love to use is Insight Timer. Mm -hmm. That's my go-to. So I do pick up my phone in the morning, but, but for it reasons. is for <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is for Timer meditation. Is okay. yeah. Yes. It's for meditation. And and yeah, and we're human, like you said. There that definitely there are days where you know, we can feel excited agitated, about excited about something. Yeah. yeah. And you want to immediately, like you said, go to messenger or check your email and, and then, and maybe you even do that. Okay. Yeah. We're human. And then I think the older that I've gotten, cause I used to do that. I used to be one of those, Oh, wake up and work. I used to be a wake up and work person and you know, and it still might happen, but I'm also quicker to realize, okay, before I get into this, let me just do five minutes. Let me just do five minutes of a, 
morning meditation. Yeah. And then I can, and then I can move on. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you don't, and people who say I don't have time, this is such a, a lie. Like, no. Oh yeah. Even if you have 10 kids, you can find five minutes for this. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you know what? Like even with the insight timer and I, and I know I keep talking about this app, but I just love it so much. They have, you can listen to a zero to five minute meditation. And so you can be still for one minute, one minute, 60 seconds, that's 60 seconds. That's it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good. Just start somewhere. Be, mm -hmm. be kind with yourself and be patient because such kind of practice takes time to develop. Even for me, I've been meditating for years and my parents, they raised me in personal development. I have books from Martini since I'm a teenager and like, this is not the usual path. I'm aware of that. So right. these principles of universal laws and like human behaviors. I'm not a psychologist like you, but I knew maybe more from my childhood just because of how I was raised. And my father is a chiropractor, very holistic approach to health. Uh, so reflection on your emotions if you have symptoms. So that was already part of who I was at the time. And it still affects me today. Um, yeah. Let's speak about so this for great. a second. Can you make some connections with physical symptoms and when it's time to transition in life, because I think most people oh, have, have very common symptoms of man, I'm stuck there and my body will speak to me. Yes. Anything for you? Yes. And I'll, I'll share, I'll share my story. Sure. <clears throat> so for me, I was start starting to get back pain, mm -hmm. lower, back lower back pain. Yes. Lower back pain. And I thought, Oh, maybe it's because, I was driving a lot. So I thought, oh, maybe it's because I'm just in the same position all the time. Maybe it's because this and that. And But, you know, then in the pandemic, I was working from home. And guess what? I still I still had lower back pain. Okay, can't really blame it on driving. <laughs> and, I, and I would get up. And then I thought, oh, maybe it's because I'm not standing up and moving enough. So working from home, I had the luxury of taking breaks, walking around, mm. yeah, hmm. same still had, still had this back pain. And then, and then in probably towards the, I think in 2021, end of 2020, I developed um, my shoulder. My shoulder was hurting my left shoulder. Ended up going to physical therapy. It helped a little bit. And wouldn't you know, Anthony, once I left my job, gone. Back hmm. pain immediately went away, hmm. immediately went away. The shoulder took a little bit of time. And I do think it was my ergonomics at home, not really helping, but that is completely gone. And I do believe, and this isn't, you know, necessarily my background, but we do hold, we do hold emotions in our body. And, and my best friend is a bioenergetic therapist. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the type of therapist that that I would see because I've done therapy off and on in my life and the best for me was and probably for most people I would imagine was doing body work so that was a lot of the the time that I did with the therapist just getting out the emotion and moving it so I do believe there's a connection so how is maybe like if, okay you're not expert in body work, but what is one thing we can do when you say to move the emotions from the body? Is it 
you like you verbalize an emotion and then you do a certain movement or is there any yes. technique that you can see quickly that without yeah too much in details sure so so if you like so for example um i had i had a situation that kind of made me feel frazzled kind of made me feel frazzled so i knew i had this pent-up energy yeah. and i knew that i had a tightness in my chest and i had to you know open i had to open up but mm -hmm. also I, so I did, a, I, I acted like a little kid and I was by myself. I was on the bed and I threw a tantrum. So I literally pounded the bed, pounded my feet, kicked my feet, kicked my hands to, to wear myself out and move that energy out. Really? And I screamed. Uh -huh. Yes. And I screamed just because I needed to get this, get it's this natural. thing yeah, out in my body get it get it get it out and move and move through me so that mm. is that's one exercise to <laughs> you know to get the emotion out and then another one and this is one that we do in yoga if we need to calm down um and just you know get grounded is just doing a forward fold doing a forward fold mm -hmm. holding our arms you know that pose yeah. just to to you know also bring ourselves down mm-hmm and calm awesome. down yeah yeah Absolutely. so those two exercises Absolutely. are throwing a tantrum oh. to get it out and then forward fold to just bring it down huh excellent awesome yeah. so you guys you can try this out at home and see how it works for you um yes okay now let's see let's go to your actual business right now so you're helping people you have very similar clientele to mine so we're helping people who want to transition from employees to entrepreneur uh, you have a Facebook group. Uh, I do. So what are you what are you teaching people right now more specifically that you feel this is so much needed in current society? Yeah, I think if if you are well first I will say this, if you are in an organization and you love your job and you want to stay there, <clears throat> absolutely stay there. Yeah. This journey is not for everybody. And it's funny because I've had clients who who thought they wanted to leave. And then really after talking to them, they were like, mm, I need to find another job. Uh -huh. So that's one thing. But if you have this desire, if you have this calling, if you have this little voice in your head that is telling you, <clears throat> Anthony, why don't you try this? You've been you've been wanting to put your artwork out in the world or you've been wanting to teach this class or you've been wanting to get your baked goods out there you know if that is not leaving you if you have a day job also that is the best time to explore these other paths mm -hmm. because we really don't know until we try something until we're in action and so the work that i do with my clients if they're like okay yes this will not go away i want to get my my work out there in the world. So the way that I work with my clients is, okay, you don't need to leave your day job tomorrow because I, I don't know how, if you feel the same, Anthony, but I feel like, and same for me, it took me the longest time to leave, especially when you're, you know, have a good, whatever, six-figure income. Um, that that whole idea of transitioning is big. So Very I like scary to work, for them. Very scary. Yeah. So I like to work with my clients on, okay, let's let's really look at well, what is it gonna, what is it gonna take 
for you to leave. Do you know how much you need to be bringing in mm -hmm. so you can support yourself and not feel stressed out? So we, yeah. we definitely go through exercises of of that, the financial piece. I think that's really important mm -hmm. so that you're not you know, in your day job one day and then tomorrow you're like, oh my God, how am I going to make any money? So we don't want that stress. So that's, that's one piece of it is and that, what I. Yeah. And not everybody has the same uh, tolerance to risk. Also, I would say, for example, for me, I'm able to sustain quite a low, like my, my lowest peaks, my lowest lows in finance. I was still like, I was stressed, but not to the point of being to the hospital by nervous breakdown. Like I had a very right. good tolerance to just risk to come here to Georgia to have people know my story from my podcast, but some people can just never think about, oh, I'm going to leave this stable income and I have to go make a new income and nobody knows me. I'm okay with that, but yes. most people are not. And a you have to adapt yourself to your clients. So that's good that you can just mm -hmm. guide them to make them at ease and see, okay, is it a 12 months plan? Maybe six months, yes. 12 months and be realistic also. Yes. A hundred percent. And, you know, knowing your numbers, that's, that's the big thing. That was something I didn't want to look at for the longest yeah. time. And that's why I just, you know, I realize that now I just, that was also a piece to me staying on the, you know, staying in a day job. So that's one piece. And then really I, I don't think as adults, we dream enough. Like we might have a little idea of what we want to do, but the very first thing that I do with my clients is, okay, you're going to create a vision board. And if you, had, if you hate vision boards, then you're going to, you're going to write it out. Mm -hmm. You're not going to do it on the computer. There's something about writing it out yep. and really feeling that That's connection true. and, and just dream, just dream. And, what is coming up for you? And so we really, so we start there and we really just start looking at, you know, what are they interested in? And, and then I help them look at different ways that they can monetize whatever their idea is, because there's so many ways that you can, you can do it. Mm -hmm. You could sell your product, you could sell your service, you could put on events with people and summits you could do retreats. You could do a podcast and ask for sponsorship yeah. to get your word out there. And so there are so many different ways. And so I, I feel like what I'm also really good at is just helping people see the possibility, mm -hmm. is helping them see what is possible. And that is pretty much what all of the testimonials from my clients have said. Like, I, I couldn't see it you help me see it. You help me know, understand that this is possible. Yeah. Open the eyes of uh, what is there. Maybe it's there, but it's just, it's a bit dusty. So you just need to rub it off and, oh, here's shine. It's shining now. It's, it's beautiful. The light comes through, but you yes. have to just dust it off. It's, it was minimal effort to just get aware, but then the, of course the road is long right. and complicated to get like entrepreneurship is the most beautiful and wicked at the same time, like <laughs> such a path of ups and downs. But I think it's the most rewarding thing like this. And I would say maybe my marriage, everybody knows who are in committed relationship. It's difficult, but it's beautiful. And being a parent, mm -hmm. if you become your, your own boss and you truly believe in yourself, I think 
the rewards are so much more bigger and so much more juicy than anything you can find in a in a different job if you feel it's a path yeah. for you. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. And I and also deep down for me, I just didn't want to be living by the by okay, I have this meeting at this time. I have this meeting at this time. I, and I just want to be able wanted to be able to create my day mm -hmm. and do things w when I have more energy and that's when I can be at my best yeah. and not, not be forced to, to be by somebody else's calendar. So exactly. I knew entrepreneurship was, was for me. It was for you. <laughs> yes. Let's make a connection now with your artistic path, because I think this is something that is absolutely a pillar of your life. And maybe some people out there are artists and it's just for a hobby. Can we connect and we find a way that art is, art is giving us the tools or the strength or just the open mind to create other projects? Um, tell us just more about your art and why yeah. you like abstract art. Also, it's quite unique. Sure. Yes. So I, I love abstract art because I'm just, I don't have, I'll be honest, I don't have the discipline, don't have the desire to be a realist painter or paint mm -hmm objects or things I really enjoy and in, am inspired by nature. I'm also really inspired by just how I'm feeling and just human emotion and just human condition. And so, so that's, that's a little bit about why I love abstract art. Mm -hmm. And, and I think I, and I always hear, not always, but I often hear people say, Oh, I'm not creative. Oh, I'm not this or that. And, and I say to anybody, Hey, if you were able to dress yourself and put an outfit together, you are creative. You had to be <laughs> creative to pick out the shirt or the dress or the pants yeah. and put your look together. So you are creative. If you've ever, um, you know, were a kid and told a lie, uh, you were creative with your words. Mm -hmm. So we are all very creative in our own way. It doesn't have to be through, through art, but how it ties into my work. I just have a, a love for artists and, and I know how much they tend to overthink how much their, their self-worth is tied into their art. And, and so, so those are the, the clients that I tend to work with the most those who want to get out of their nine to five mm -hmm. and, and really I just help them. Okay. Well, with your art, who, you know, who are you speaking to? What kind of, you know, what is your genre? And, and I think also collaborations are really such a, the way to go. And mm -hmm. so, and so I ask them, like, I, I'm thinking of one client that I had recently she also did a lot of nature, nature art, specifically with where she lived. And so I was like, why don't you, you know, what do you think about this idea? Because I don't want to tell, also tell people what to do, but yeah. what do you think of this idea? Your, your art is so beautiful. It's all about the nature. What organizations are around you that you could possibly collaborate with? Where could you get your art shown? Mm -hmm. And so it's just things like that that I don't think everybody thinks about. 
but you know, what are the connections that you can make? What else can you do with your artistic ability? And so she thought, hmm, I, I kind of want to teach. And so we, you know, we did a collaboration. I host, I hosted her for a class. Mm-hmm. She led it. People, people attended, we made money off of it. And then it's just, you know, another, uh, it was a, it was a way for me to show her what's possible. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Really. I, you know, I'm recently working on the, the power base principle. So your contacts and your network that you already have and Dr. 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 Mr. Grant, again, calling my, one of my mentor, he's saying the easiest sell will always be from the people that you already know. And often yes. you forget, you forget who you already know that even if you look back at your email list, not a business, list, just email of people, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, anybody, phone numbers, you're just your, in your phone. And I made this exercise myself and I realized people from like 2015, I can now reconnect with them and realize, well, they could be on my podcast or maybe they know somebody who could be on my, on my podcast. Maybe they would be interested in this product or in this. And it's very refreshing to see that because everybody has such a big, like you could have multiple PhDs on your own life. If you think mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, you can like somebody could study your story and and it would be just so many things to speak about so all the people you met they played a role in the past but it doesn't mean that because you don't speak anymore they're not valuable you might have some yes. people that you don't want to speak to that's fine but some people right. are like oh this friend i didn't speak for five years and like i'm curious what they're up to and you can have amazing opportunities for oh arts my gosh. for business Absolutely. for speaking for anything that is so true, Anthony. And and one thing that I also like to talk about is your don't judge where your clients or your collectors are coming from. Don't judge. Absolutely. Do you have to work with strangers all the time? No. And and really the reality, like you said, I was thinking about myself. You're likely to find your, if you're an artist, your your first collector or your first coaching client or your first, you know, audience is going to be in your warm network already. Mm-hmm. And that was true for me. Um, I think I think back to the first two clients that I got, that I worked with, were people who, who I knew from, from, you know, back in my graphic design days, right. or back, back when I used to visit this gallery in the town next door. Mm-hmm. And and they came to one of my events, we got reconnected and the rest is history. Yeah. There's another proof. I, you see, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised about that really. Um, right. Clarissa, let's go a couple of minutes on. So behaviors in organization. I know you're a psychologist. You, you have the studies and the background to prove that. What do you think are something that are maybe missing in today's companies that if you apply maybe one or two of these things, they will be more efficient, more productive, maybe more better relationship communication or yeah, some gold nuggets yeah. for inside the companies because some people here will already be uh, business owners and maybe they're just curious about who you are and about this show. They don't have to transition, but they're already business owners. How can you help them to just maximize the efficiency 
inside the company with the human aspect? Yes, I think, you know, <clears throat> I think what I have seen over the decades working in organizations is that the leaders feel like they have to have all the answers. They feel like, okay, everything is reliant on me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of talked about this a little earlier, but it, it's going back to, you know, yes, you're you're responsible for the vision. And I'm talking to the business owners. Yes, have that vision. And then you're going to, you know, if you have a team, the team is going to, you're going to want a team who is also enrolled in that vision. And, and really thinking about, okay, how can I make this environment more collaborative with your team? And I, what I, what I don't see happening enough, and this is, this is something that I did with every new team member that came on my team. So I'll share this tip. And this is for entrepreneurs or if you're still in your day job. Mm-hmm. If you are leading a team and you have a new team member coming on board, you better have a welcome party for them. You better make them feel welcome because especially <laughs> now, retention is still so challenging. Yeah. And I, I had a short questionnaire for everybody who came on my team. Questions like, what are you most excited about coming to work here? What, you know, how will I know um, whenever you're not feeling your best? And I know these are a little bit kind of personal to ask off the, off the get-go, but hopefully during the interview, you've created that warm feeling for them. Yeah. So you can ask them, you know, like, what's important to you? What, what, what do you see for yourself next year, two years down the line? And, you know, maybe that's too, too soon, but why not ask? Ask them what are, you know, what are their hobbies? What do they enjoy doing? I always, I love giving gifts. Mm -hmm. So I would always ask, you know, what's your favorite, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite beverage? Where do you like to go shopping? And this is to me to help me know what they like so that when it's their birthday, guess what? I have a cheat sheet. I can just go Hmm. to that and get them something from that store or give them a gift card or something. And these are things that are so easy to do. But I think just really engaging your team, asking for input, because, you know, with the engagement surveys, what do I see over and over and over again? I don't feel appreciated. Nobody asked me for my input. And, and people leave jobs, leave organizations, not necessarily for because it's the organization that they're not happy with. It's their boss. Mm. It's their boss, and that's why they leave. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. should you just then, in this case, work with bosses in general to apply this welcome party and just make them more aware of people's emotions? Because I think there's a very maybe old-school approach of this dictature part like mm-hmm. do this do that and that's quite maybe still there in society of course but maybe it tends to change i, I don't think it's going to change overnight it can take five years no. ten years even to have just this human capital this human resource um like you know just to be able to understand people a bit on a, on a emotional side of you and emotional intelligence yes. it's quite 
still maybe in the that beginners but you can explain better than me yeah it's like not very much implemented yet right and i think yeah and i think there's you know within organizations some managers some leaders are natural with that and yeah. so you you know the people in organizations who you know who people like to work for and you know mm -hmm. who people do not like to work for that can be come very obvious yeah. um, within an organization and you know and i'm also not saying like okay well let the employee do whatever they want no but involve them involve them and you know and and when they're new yes you are going to have to do a little bit more directing because they don't know but then whenever they get the hang of it give them this was a big lesson for me and so i'll share this one too because it applies if you're an entrepreneur and you have a team if you're in an organization so i was very good at, as a coach i had my i had my routine i had i had my way of doing it and then i had an, a team member who was a coach so i was managing her and she did things differently and at first i'll be honest i'm human my reaction was hmm I don't think she's doing this. This isn't right, you know? And I definitely <laughs> had that human moment of, yeah. Hmm, I don't know about this. And so we talked about it and I and we had the relationship that we could give each other feedback because that's so important. You have to give and take feedback. And and she said to me, I'll never forget it. Your way isn't the only way. Here's Ooh. how here here's why and here's here's why I do it my way. It was a light bulb moment for me. And I was like, you know what? You are absolutely right. Yeah. You're making a difference. That's all that matters. Who cares if you're not using the same form that I'm using? And I was a little bit stuck on that. And so mm. that is a lesson that she really taught me. Like there's more, you know, there's more, more than one way to skin a cat. I hate yep. that phrase, but you know, there's so many <laughs> different ways that you can do it. And so, so that's, that's, that's what I have for leaders because the leader will really, they can, they can shut down a room. It's so easy for them to their mood. People are watching. People are watching. I remember working at a company and a CFO literally every day. Hello. Good morning. How are you doing today? Literally went, went around the whole office. Mm -hmm. And some people are like, Oh, he just wants to see if I'm here. And I'm like, okay, that could be one perspective. My perspective is, He's, tr he he's connecting. He's connecting. He wants to stay say hello. And then on the flip side, I also worked with somebody who was moody, would come in, not really say hello, and just beeline it to the office. And so one way I could look at that is say, oh, what a jerk. They didn't even say hello. Or I could also go to their office and say hello. Hmm. and be the one and just start that and maybe yeah. they don't even realize what they're doing and maybe by my actions things will shift a little bit and you know what it did and it did shift and so and i just think there's just so much opportunity we get to learn from each other it's it's not just yes again i'm gonna say the leader has the vision because they're yeah. the one that's directing but it doesn't always have to be top down it's so important to to know what is happening on the on the ground level and and hear that feedback go up so that you know you can work together as a team that was very powerful thank you for sharing that i i think
most leaders, if they can just start to understand, to put themselves more in the shoes of the other team members. I, I know it's it's a lot of work to be CEO, CEO, CFO, or even just manager of a different department. But if you cannot take some minutes to just put yourself in their shoes and realize, okay, if there's a tension here, doesn't mean you need to become the psychologist of everybody in the in the house. But right. still, you can take a second, just 30 seconds. Okay, something seems wrong this morning. What's going on? What is this tension in the room? Mm-hmm. And if you just have more awareness of the environment, emotionally speaking, I think it will open up the, the doors of communication for so many problems to be oh solved like yes. internally instead of holding the grudge. And then three months later, I'm still angry against Thomas because he did this in December. December. Like, okay. Yeah. We could have spoke about this a long time ago, yeah? Exactly. And it could just be an easy question if you're noticing something. And you can just say, hey, how's it going today? I'm noticing you're not yourself. I just wanted to check in. And just let it be that, you know? And maybe they'll be yeah. ready to talk. Maybe they'll need a little bit of time. Or maybe they'll tell you, oh, I just I just had a, had a bad morning. And so, okay, I need to shake it off. It Thanks happens. for letting me know. Yeah. <laughs> Be here, be now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Clarissa, um, my last question for you today is to go, we're about to end. The same question for everybody I'm asking. Imagine yourself five years from now and people will go back to your episode in 2022. And they listen to your, to your show, to your beautiful interview. And what is one thing you want them to remember from your passage on this show from your conversation it can be it can represent who you are it can represent your wisdom uh something precious that you want to give so it's going to pass the test of time no matter how will be youtube in five years or whichever other platform it will be on yes such a great question and i think what really is coming to me is it's never too late to pivot it's never too late to do what you really want to do. Um, as I said earlier, I'm 50. I'm embarking on a new decade. This is a mm-hmm. new chapter and I'm yeah. feeling so excited about it. And so if you are the same age as me, maybe you're older, maybe you're just a little bit younger and you're thinking, oh, am I too old? No, no, no. If you have that little voice in your head saying, okay, it's time to try this go for it. Go for it. You never know unless you actually do it. Mm, There you go. Remember anything is possible. If you can, if you can picture it in your mind, you can make it a reality. Yeah. That's precious and absolutely timeless as requested. So how can people connect with you? Now, this is the part that you can toot your own horn. You can speak about yourself. (laughs) Thank you so much for everything. So your social, your website, your program, whatever you speak about, so people can connect with you. And uh, if they love your style and personality, they can just, I mean, even your art. So yes, you can go ahead. Yeah. Thank you so much, Anthony. And I had so much fun chatting with you today. My pleasure. Um, so you can, you can find me. So my Facebook group is called From Employee to Creative Entrepreneur. And so... That's where I go live. I do a lot of master classes. I also host a lot of events, um, speaker events. And so I do bonus 
interviews with those speakers there that nobody else can see. So it's a private mm -hmm. community. Cool. Would love for you to join me over there, especially if you're thinking, if you're, you know, identify as a creative, those are really the people that I, that gravitate to me. Um, and you, you want to learn more, you, you know, want to connect, would love for you to join the community. I also have a podcast called Painting Your Path. And that's the same name as, as the book that I published, mm -hmm. but you can, you can learn more about me on that podcast. And, and Anthony, I know is going to come on my show. It's my uh, friend too. Yes. Anthony's <laughs> going to be on my show. So <clears throat> listen to us over there. And that's a great place for you to find me. Um, I also, I'm also active on Instagram and I'll leave you the handle. It's at CCR. Those are my initials underscore sunshine. I'm going to so put I would, the link anyway in the description. Yeah. So, so, say hi to me over there too if you tend to be on instagram a lot more um i'm also a coach so i i do group i have gr a group program a six-month group program i work one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one, so i am also open for that as well and if anybody wants to have a chat just to you know connect i'm open awesome. to that as well there you go, guys. So on my side, this is Anthony Rivet, your host for your brother's podcast. You can follow me personally at Anthony Rivet on Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn also. And your brother's podcast will be on YouTube principally, but there will be also audio version on Apple and Spotify and maybe other platforms too. I'm still thinking about this one. If you want to support me financially, there will be a Patreon link in the description. Feel free to uh, give any amount that you feel was valued for, for this interview and other interviews that you like uh, it helps us grow and keep content amazing and invite new guests so i would say thank you so much for your time have an amazing day uh be awesome and i will talk to you soon clarissa thank you so much for your time thank you anthony this was okay. fun okay bye-bye all right bye